Welcome back to another episode of Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. I am back today after a couple of weeks of not publishing an episode. So first of all, thank you so much for your patience and thank you for tuning in today. Up until this point, so up until these last couple of weeks, I had never missed a week. So the entire first five months of the podcast, every single week I had a new episode. And that's something that I was really proud of. And if I'm being honest with you, I was a little disappointed in myself for having missed these past couple of weeks. But I just needed to prioritize a few other things. You know, specifically, I've been spending a lot of time with my family because it's summer break for my kids. And that's where I needed to be. And that's where I've wanted to be over the past few weeks. So I've come to realize that there's really no sense in beating myself up for setting my own priorities that align with my current values. So I quickly kind of let go of that perfectionism of needing to not break the streak of missing a week and just saying, you know what? Something I love about my job as an instructor is that I get to spend summers with my kids. And I'm going to do that because this this podcast is for fun, right? It's something that I do to keep creating, to keep the conversation going and to enhance my job as an instructor. But at the end of the day, it's not actually my job, right? I choose to do it for fun. And so again, I set my priorities. I based them on my values. And now we're back. So today we have an awesome interview lined up for you. It's a great interview with my friend Jen Liss, and I'm going to tell you a lot more about her in a moment. But I've also been in the studio a few times so far this summer, and we've got several more incredible guest interviews queued up uh, for the remainder of the summer. So I'm not entirely sure what the publishing frequency will be. You know, it might be every week or there may be some times that I don't quite hit that. I'm just not sure. And I'm leaning into the uncertainty, knowing that you all will be here when a new episode does post. And that's the beauty of the podcasting platform is that it really is flexible and adaptable. So The goal is that the consistent weekly posting that you all know and love will for sure be back in August when the kids are back in school and I'm kind of back in sort of full-time instructor mode. And until then, we're just going to do what we can and roll with it. So with that preface, let's move on to talk about Jen Liss. Now, you're going to hear the full story in the interview of how Jen and I met and connected, and it's the most serendipitous way And you just one of those situations where you just know, like the universe wanted us to meet. It's just a really interesting story. She is an alum of the Elliott School, although she and I never crossed over during our time when I was either a student here or uh, faculty now. And currently she resides in Portland, Oregon, so she's not local anymore. She's a creative at heart. Originally, she worked as a hairstylist for many, many years. Then she transitioned into marketing, communications uh, and copywriting. And now, most recently, and what we'll spend most of our time talking about uh, with her today, is she's a speaker, a coach, and the host of the Untethered podcast. So Jen is really known for kind of her signature style, which is kind of silly. She has a contagious enthusiasm and really engaging storytelling capacity. Jen enjoys finding levity in the mundane. But she's very serious about one thing, and that one thing is inspiring people to take action on their dreams. She helps people 
to let go of the crap that is holding them back and step into the life that they have been called to live. So I connected with Jen immediately, just upon hearing her podcast, upon talking with her. It was just sort of an immediate resonance that I felt. And I know that you all are going to love her too. So let's get into it and get to know a little bit more about Jen Liss. All right. It is my honor to be welcoming the one and only Jen Liss to the show today. Jen, thank you for being here with us. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I will tell the listeners what I told you when I asked you to be on the show, which is that, you know, I met you back before I launched the podcast and you were kind of one of the catalysts of helping me to decide, OK, I think I'm going to do this um, and walking me through some of those first mm, I was going to say stumbling blocks, but I don't think that's the right word. Those first fears and, and worries and and I remember telling you, I want to interview you, but I don't want you to be one of the first few because I want to like be decent. And so I've kind of been like sitting on this idea of asking you for five, six months now, however long I've been doing it. And finally, now we're in the early 20s of the episodes. Uh, I think this will be 22 or 23. I can't quite remember. And and I had the moment of, okay, I think this is it. I'm going to ask Jen. It's going to happen. And of course, you were so happy to oblige. And I appreciate that very much. So Jen, like I said, you've been a big part of my journey into podcasting. I know you do a lot more than just the podcast, but I do want to start talking a little bit about Untethered. Arguably, now correct me if I'm wrong here, Untethered was kind of the first step, right? You still, I mean, it was called Creative Commute, right? Originally. And that was sort of the first step when you still had a separate full-time job and all of that. So in a moment, I'd love to tell for you to tell us everything that you do, but can you start with maybe how podcasting started for you and how it kind of launched you into this whole business that you now run for yourself? Yeah, that's such a great question. And can I just say with you how impressed I have been? If there were any stumbling blocks or any fears, you just like plowed straight through them. You're oh just like, gosh. I think I'm going to do this. And the next thing I knew, you've got 20 episodes out. <laughs> like, I feel like I blinked and you're like, I'm on my way. Here we go. And it's so good, too. <laughs> so I just so want to say congrats and just the whole thing. It's, I just love to see this is what I'm here to do is like have conversations with people and help them to overcome those things. So when I see it, like you were already, you didn't need me, you know, to, to help have that conversation. Like you were so already on your road and it's just so fun. It's just so fun. Um, so the creative commute I created during COVID, it was a direct response to the question, what are you going to do right now to help people? because that was a wild time, as we all know, in March of 2020. And so I created a Facebook group, called it The Creative Commute. And every day during my commute, commute times, air quotes, I would issue a creative challenge. And what I found is that I was having so much fun. And what I really wanted to talk about were like deeper topics that this Facebook group that was about doing a silly little creative challenge wasn't allowing me to do. So I ended up moving it into a podcast, kept the name the same, and moved it into the podcast world. But the whole mission of that was on my heart at the time was really helping people to do the things that they're here to do. Like the reason we're on this earth and so many people aren't. We're so tethered right. <laughs> to those damn roadblocks. I hope it's okay if I say damn on your yeah, podcast. That's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're just so tethered to the things. And so then I ended up renaming the podcast and now it's called Untethered. So and short how, story. <laughs> how did, um, did the name Untethered, did it just kind of pop out at you? I mean, I, I get the, the meaning behind it, but like, did it just hit you one day and you did, did you just go, yes, that's the direction? Or was there some kind of like a story behind it, the way you found it? I was feeling like the creative commute wasn't encompassing. I mean, because it started from what it started from a right. creative challenge issued during my commute time and it wasn't encompassing what I'm really all about. And I felt that way for quite some time. But I also had a lot of nostalgia for the name and for the brand. And I just mm-hmm. loved it. And I, I love creativity. But to me, creativity is one piece of the larger whole. Our creativity is a portal. It's incredibly important. It's not all of us. And so I just felt like there was something I'm like, it's really about something else. It's really about all of these expectations and the judgment and the worry and the guilt and the fear that so many people are living in that is keeping them from living their most creative, most amazing, most spectacular, biggest contribution life that we could be living. And so I was having a conversation with my coach about it. And I was talking about how I'm just like, people are so afraid. There's so much fear around being the person who you are around really stepping in and creating a podcast or doing the thing that's on your heart. And she started talking about how her daughter, she's like, my daughter yesterday was just out there just on a, on the play ground, like kicking around this tetherball. And she was like, she was just like wailing on that ball. It was just like, she, it was so funny because it's tetherball, but she was completely untethered, just like doing it her way. She was playing in this like completely untethered way. And we both just looked at each other like, oh my gosh, that's the name of your podcast. It's like, we just had this moment of realization where it just dropped in. It's like, it is about being your most untethered self and really owning the person who you are authentically. That's what I'm really about because that's when we can be our most creative selves is when we're not living up to other people's expectations and doing things out of all of these negative emotions that are guiding a lot of the actions that people are taking. I so love that. I'm glad I from. asked. I, I, I <laughs> felt like there was probably a story there of some kind. And that's great. And I haven't thought about tetherball in probably, I don't know, 20, 20, 25 years. So that's, that's awesome. So, I never liked playing it because the ball would like somehow always whack me in the face. I'm just <laughs> anything with a ball flying in the air. I'm standing away from that kickball. I just always nailed in the face every time. You know, if you think about it, tetherball is like the early version of, you know, when you see videos online, I don't know if it's from Wipeout or if it's from something else, but where they have like that big padded bar that like goes in a circle and it, people have to duck under it and it like knocks people out and stuff. I feel like tetherball was like the first version or the first iteration of that, like violent. I don't know. I did love me some tetherball back in the day, but you're more coordinated than me. Quite yeah, I was. <laughs> I don't know that I still am, but I did used to kill some tetherball and Foursquare were my two like jams at recess. I was a big Foursquare player. <laughs> so uh, I am so interested in watching from when I started kind of following your career um, was right before you went full time into working for yourself. Just I can't remember how long before, but right before you announced that you were doing that. And I think what's been really interesting is that it feels like you have learned about creativity, what I am slowly learning, which is, 
you know, you started off thinking about creativity and creative challenges, challenges and artistic stuff and like all the stuff that we traditionally think of as creative. And then if you explore creativity long enough, you get to the point of exactly what you said, which is it all comes down to fear and having less of it and shame. And like, you can't, I I remember talking to you and saying, okay, I'm doing this podcast about storytelling, but I also want to have like some mental health stuff in there because I want to talk about how, you know, shame has kind of hindered my own ability to tell stories. And is that weird? Is that a weird connection? And you said, no, I don't think so. Like, I think it makes sense. You know, I think it fits. Um, And I'm finding more and more and more that it all does fit. And with you, it's been so fascinating that it started off as creativity. And then now, I mean, you're into somatic breath work and life coaching and all of this stuff that is really just about the, like the innate authentic personhood and it all came out of creativity. So can you walk us through (laughs) that path of how you kind of slowly uncovered each of these layers to this cool thing that you're doing now? Yeah. So Creativity. Here's where here's where I personally ran into so much struggle with creativity. Two things. First, I've always felt like a creative imposter, (laughs) even though I was a hairstylist for 12 years, literally painting people's heads all day, every day and cutting shapes out of their hair. I did not see myself as a creative because I didn't paint on a canvas with a paintbrush you know, or do ballet or whatever the the like classic creative things that we see. I've always had that little bit of imposter syndrome. So I also understand at a very deep level, the accountant who says I'm not creative. Right. I understand it. I fully get it. And when I had a podcast called The Creative Commute, I was having a hard time getting to those people because they already don't consider themselves creative. And if that is like such a problem. I think that's one of our world's biggest problems right now is that people don't consider themselves creative and your creativity, as I described in a minute ago, is a, it's a portal. Like it's who you are, like at your essence, at your heart, at your soul, we are creative beings. We are creators and human beings are, you know, there are other beings on this planet who like raccoons who are kind of creepy in the way that they also create. And you're like, Oh, I don't know about raccoons. They're, <laughs> they're like little, little toddlers. <laughs> they're like True. sneaky and they can get into all kinds of mischief. And I'm like, mm, I don't know, maybe we're not the only ones, but mostly humans, we, we create like that is what we are happiest doing is to be creating. It's really hard to talk about creativity when we don't admit that we are so dang creative in the first place. So I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a back door because this front door is not working. (laughs) People aren't getting it. They're not connecting the dots. It's, it's connecting the people who already consider themselves creative and might have some imposter syndrome, but I'm like, no, it's like, it's more than that. So that's how that all kind of came about. I'm not, I'm not fully sure if it answers your question. So I'll stop there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. Can you um, explain some of the services that you now provide as someone who does work for yourself? I mean, I know you do the podcast, but you also have a life coaching certification and I'm not sure what all else you have. So what all do you do for people? What do you offer? Yeah. What I really help people do is to untether from the conditioning that is keeping them from living their most joyful 
and aligned lives. So I coach and I speak about that topic. And I also do breath work because what I have found is that mindset work is very helpful and supportive as a coach, as somebody trying to help people to step past their fear, to do the thing, whatever the thing is in this world that they want to do. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's creating a podcast. Maybe it's being an executive at a company. It could be any of these things. It's like something on their heart and mind that they want to do. I help them to do that. But we hold a lot of memory in our bodies. And so I found, I was like, I'm getting some transformation for people. We're making some progress, but there is something. And even for myself, it was my own journey. It was like, I've got to come back home physically into my body and be able to listen to my body, to listen to myself in new ways. And that's what breath work, somatic work, which is, that's just body, body work, helping to meet ourselves in our actual, in our physical body, feel your pain, feel your joy, feel all of the things and meet yourself in a new way. That is part, a huge part of the work that I do with my clients now is embodiment work. That's really interesting because I I think as somebody who, you know, has done a good amount of therapy and self-help and this and that and the other, there does come a point in time, at least for me, where I went, okay, intellectually, I'm getting it in my brain. I'm getting, you know, all the points that I'm supposed to, but it did still feel like something was missing. And I think, and I don't think I've cracked it yet, but I think that the somatic work of somehow realizing how not in my body, a lot of times I am, I think that that is maybe what's missing and tends to be missing for a lot of us. Um, Cause I don't know about you, but I grew up kind of thinking the mind and the body were sort of two separate things <laughs> and that a physical illness was very different than say a mental illness and neither of the two really had anything to do with each other, which is so crazy now to think about, like, of course they have something to do with each other. So I thought that when I saw that you were adding that into your repertoire, shall we say, I don't know what you call it. Um, I thought that was really interesting, uh, especially because you've talked about how you do tend to be more kind of a logical, um, like you said, didn't think you were creative type of a person. Was that hard as a fellow person who intellectualizes a lot? Was that hard to get into somatic work or what was that like for you in the very beginning? Well, if if anybody goes back and listens to my podcast all the way through, there is a timeline of all of this happening. You can go back to the very first time I interviewed somebody on my podcast and I'm like, what is embodiment? Wait, what are you talking about? You mean I need to be in my body? So it's it has been a, a journey over the past three years of me realizing for myself what is happening while also turning around and offering the gifts that I'm learning to other people. And this is something that's what I was calling the creative commute. When my podcast started, it was like our gifts along the way, we can always be turning around and handing to somebody else because there's always somebody who's a step behind yourself, right? But to go back to the embodiment thing, I spent most of my life hating my body, wanting nothing to do with it. I mean, as a woman who, I mean, and I had body dysmorphia, still struggle with that, you know, all of those things. Like I have wanted nothing to do with it. My body does nothing good for me. All it does is give me these horrific cramps once a month, (laughs) you know, that I had to have a device put into me in order to stop. Like 
you know, I have just had such a like relationship with my body. Most of us are disconnected from the head down. Mm -hmm. Like we have no connection to our body intentionally because in the society that we live in, it's like, we, we don't feel our pain. We just want to shut it down. We take an Advil for it. You know, medic medicine in the past has all just kept us from feeling things. And so we just don't. And that has led to so, it's led to so many problems yeah. for all of us not feeling our body. So that for me, there's just so much. There's so much there. And we could do like 15,000 podcast episodes about that. But it's so important that for people who, which is likely all of us have something that we want to achieve, that we really are coming back in to our bodies. And really, if we want to talk about it from a scientific aspect, nervous system regulation, that's what embodiment helps us to do. Gotcha. It's nervous system regulation. Our nervous systems, we're in, we know this, we're in fight flight freeze all the time. Our sympathetic right. is so overactive. We have so much cortisol pumping through our bodies and with breath work and things like that, it helps to activate the parasympathetic. And so it's helping us to regulate our nervous system. Right before we started this interview, I was telling you I officiated a wedding yeah. last weekend. My nervous system three years ago could never have officiated a wedding. <laughs> My nervous system, I would have had shaky hands. I would have sweated so much. The book would have slipped out of my hands. Uh But the work that I have done on my nervous system and stepping past fear, doing things like the podcast, working with my nervous system, regulating it, really understanding what my body, the signals my body is telling me and then giving it signals back to tell it it's safe, have it's completely transformed my life in so many ways. You know, and that that story actually serves as a perfect segue, I feel like, to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, because over the past three years, you have ended up doing an entire career change, right, of quitting the corporate job that you had and now working full time for yourself uh, with your husband, correct? You guys are partners, is that right? Or he's your podcast? Yes, he, yeah. he's my podcast editor. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> um, so in that Along the same lines of it was a big leap for you to officiate a wedding. There was a lot of fear. You had to trust yourself that you could do that. Your entire last three years have had so much trusting yourself. And so my question is, how did you do it? And how do you continue being able to try things that are so completely different than maybe what you ever expected um, and doing all of these, like every time I, I look at you, you're doing something else where I think, man, that's got to be scary to do. How do you do that? Maybe I'm addicted to fear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Let's be fully honest. This really goes back though to me at 18 years old. And it probably goes back if I really dug in further than that. But when I was 18, I really wanted to be a hairstylist. That was something I just always knew that I wanted to do. But I was a straight A student, had scholarship, was you know, it felt like the thing that I needed to do to go to Wichita State, which I am now a a graduate, proud, very proud graduate of Wichita State. (laughs) But that was what it felt like I needed to do. So I spent two miserable years going to college. And then eventually I told my parents, I just want to go to hair school. And they said, okay, if you pay for it yourself. So I found financing through my grandmother. (laughs) There's always a way. (laughs) So, and I went to hair school, but then 12 years later, I was ready for something new. And I had a full clientele, super busy business. I mean, I was like, 
working 12 hours a day, jam packed kind of business. And I left all those clients to go back to school and finish my degree at WSU. So then I did a corporate career and now I have since gone back to entrepreneurship. So I've done this over and over and it is simply my gut is loud. My alignment is very loud. My intuition, it just, I have a book on my desk right now called Radical Intuition. And I'm like, I feel like my intuition is incredibly radical. It's very loud. (laughs) It doesn't let me like, I just, I just know in my heart, in my gut that I just can't stay in this thing that is making me miserable. And I just can't. And I think a lot of people are feeling that a lot of times and they stay and they stay miserable because of it. We're miserable when we're not living our most aligned life. And so, and we'll stay in those things for so many reasons. But for me, I just can't, I just, I have to move into the next thing. (laughs) I kind of hadn't even thought about the fact that you had already done that once. Like I sort of forget that you did, you were a hairstylist first and then moved into the corporate marketing stuff. So you'd already done a complete career change before. So that part wasn't necessarily new to you. Do you remember, like you said, you've kind of always, always trusted your intuition. Was it like that for you as a child too? Like, do you always feel like you've had that sort of intuitive gut feeling that you could trust? I didn't trust it. Let's be honest. When I left hair, I didn't know how to trust it. I didn't understand why. I even remember telling somebody, I have no idea why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it which is not what my hair clients wanted to hear. (laughs) They did not want to hear. I have no idea why I'm not doing you and your grandkids and your kids hair anymore. But I just, I didn't, I didn't know why. And so that's part of why I'm so passionate about coaching people and teaching them alignment and teaching how to listen to your intuition. And that's why the embodiment work I feel like has, it's like a, why didn't I realize this before? Because I was doing it without logically knowing it. And when you can tie the mind and the body and your heart, I actually feel like it's like three separate parts when you can tie all of those things together and make decisions and do things in your life from that place of feeling that alignment with them. It's life changing. It'd be the sphere is less crippling when right. you know why you're doing something. Right. Right. So you've always maybe had it but yeah, trusting it and understanding it and using it to its full potential is is uh, something you've worked a lot on, it sounds like. Yes, that's really what the last three, four, five year journey has been. <laughs> that's so interesting. So when you are working with a, a client of yours, you know, obviously you've got people of all different types that are working with you, whether they're an accountant who doesn't think they're creative or an author who's, you know, trying to write a biography or something like that. How do you decide you kind of have a, a buffet, let's say, of modalities and things that you can use? How do you how do you decide how to work with a client? Does it depend on the person, on the context? What what do you generally do if someone just says, hey, I'm ready to work with you? How do we start? Yeah. So for the most part, I focus on group coaching to work through a process of release a line and shine. That's my process. So it's about identifying the things that are keeping us stuck, the tethers, as I call them, Mm -hmm. and then aligning to what really matters to me. What are the things like what is 
my gut say? What is my fun? It's really about following your joy, identifying the things that light you up and then shining that brightly out in the world for you to contribute, for you to make an impact, because that's what actually brings us the most joy is making an impact with our creativity, with our gifts, with our talents. So it's that process of working people through release, align, shine, release, align, shine. We're doing this all the time, but really identifying the moments where we might be getting stuck in something that we can be letting go of so that we can better align with ourselves and then be able to step into it past the fear, working with the fear and moving into it. So, you know, that can involve a lot of different things. It definitely involves the embodiment work, but a lot of it is alignment work and really identifying, asking a lot of questions, extreme curiosity. <laughs> Ooh, extreme curiosity. I like that. That's a fun phrase. So radical intuition and extreme curiosity. <laughs> did you say was radical intuition the name of that book? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, it's by Kim Chestney. Oh my gosh, I'm putting that on my list. That sounds amazing. That yeah, so it's good. really good. Yeah, it's like one of those books that I'm like, I wish I would have had this when I was 12. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Release, align, and shine. Is, was that right? Did mm -hmm. I get that right? So that's a group coaching program. So how, if somebody were interested in doing that, how often do you, like, is it a set period of time and you, you know, let people register at set certain times or is it kind of a jump in when you want sort of a thing? How do people get plugged into that? Yeah. So I run it in 12 week increments. So I've got a session that's coming up here in a few weeks that's going to begin. And so it's a 12 week program that runs for 12 weeks. And then you're able to join my monthly group coaching calls after that. Oh, cool. So that continues because I'm a big fan. So I've done a lot of coaching, <laughs> a lot of coaching <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of it has been really great. But one of the things for me is that after a program, that's where the integration really begins. Like you've finished a program, you've learned a thing, and now it's time to step in. And I hear this from people all the time too, because I've, I've worked for coaches too mm -hmm. and helped to support them. And people are like, okay, it's time for me to fly. Well, then when you take that information, you go to fly, you know, sometimes you might trip trying to jump out of the tree off the branch right? <laughs> and you might falter a little bit and it helps. So I'm passionate about continuing a monthly like check in, like, how are you doing? What do you need? And allowing for that to continue. Um, other people will continue on one on one coaching as well. That's also an option. So it's whatever somebody might need. But that continued support, I think, is personally, I find just be really important. And I highly value that myself. Yeah, I love that. It, it makes me think of, you know, when somebody goes to a conference and you get on like a conference high and you get all these ideas and fun things you want to do. And then you get back into regular life and it's so easy to just like lose all of that to, you know, so the integration is, is really cool. And you don't see that with a lot of programs of continued support. So that seems, that seems, um, different than what I've normally seen. How many groups so far have you worked through this 12 week program with? Yeah. So I've worked through two groups with this particular program gotcha. that I, that I have now. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. I did some previous ones. So there's been, it's been a continuous iteration of it, which that is something that I have learned from my mentor who I've worked with for the past few years is always shifting, always changing, always learning from your clients and incorporating new things. Right. And 
I really just admire and appreciate that about her and have implemented that myself because it is that creative commute. Like we're always gaining new skills. Every client teaches me something. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you're always learning and then you get to take that into the next thing that you turn around and create. So I've changed the name. <laughs> I've changed it a whole bunch of different, a different ways. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. It's absolutely true. If, I mean, if something stays the same for a certain amount of time, it feels like it would probably become dated. I think the natural transformation and the natural shifting um, is something that if you're not leaning into it, it's probably not that healthy or helpful, you know, if it's all staying the same. So if you said you had a program coming up, um, can I put like a link or something to that in the show notes if people did want to try to jump into that? Yeah. Right now I'm taking applications. I don't have a page up. I might eventually, but it's genlist.com slash made for more. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so in thinking about, you know, you said you've done a lot of coaching, uh, for yourself. So being coached, right. And you've also done, of course, a lot of coaching of other people, and you've just delved into a lot of different modalities and interesting things. Can you tell us anything, any special moments, any memories, anything, um, that's just been like a, something that jumps out in your brain, in your mind, rather as a cool moment that you could tell us about? Yeah. So, you know, the coolest moment that I can think of, which it's not a specific person, but it is a specific moment that happens for a person is when somebody is so afraid to even admit to themselves what they want. And as a coach, we can help them bring that to light for themselves by asking extreme curiosity, simply asking questions, judgment free. When they see that thing that they want and then the fear comes back up, it's crippling because the fear will tell, will say, absolutely no way. You are not going to go after that thing. You are not going to do it. You might've felt this with the podcast at some point. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that. What's everybody going to think? And what if you do a bad job? You work for a university. If you aren't a good communicator, what are people going to think? All the things, like mm-hmm. all those fears start to come up. But then when the belief in yourself is enough to tip the scale of that fear, which usually ends in tears for people (laughs) because it's just like this, like realization, like I am actually capable of doing this. That is my favorite moment for any person. And I've seen it happen hundreds of times for people who I have brought into my coaches program because I have helped bring people into a program that actually helped change my life. Seeing people tip that scale is just the most magical thing. And what it is, is just, it doesn't even take that much more belief. Like the belief doesn't even actually have to be heavier than the fear. It All it takes is just like turning up the knob on belief just this tiny bit and like the floodgates open for people. It's wild and amazing. I love that. What are, at the very beginning of that story, you said, you know, that sometimes people don't even realize or it takes them a minute to, to find out what it is that they actually want. Like if you were to say, what do you want? They wouldn't really be able to tell you. So I'm curious, as you are embracing that extreme curiosity with a client who maybe is so shrouded in the shoulds that they have been taught that they really can't even get to the point of explaining what it is that they want, what types of questions or probing do you do? Like how do you get someone to start thinking, what do I want versus what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. So this is where my experience as a hairstylist comes in 
hardcore is because when people would come in to get their hair done, they often didn't really fully have an idea of exactly what they wanted it to look like, but they know what they don't want. So I would always say, okay, well, you know, what are the colors on this board that you do not want? And that was so easy. It's so easy to point out what you don't want. Like you could write a 600 page dissertation about what you don't want. Oh yeah. Right. It's so easy to say what you don't want. So you can always start there. Here's what I don't want. And then we don't focus on that anymore. It's like, you're done. Okay, that's what you don't want. We don't need to keep our focus there, but it's so nice to just get it written out and then turn into what's fun. What's fun for you? Like, what is, what can you list five things right now that are fun, that bring you joy? What are five of those things? And then you can go down the rabbit hole with each of those things. What is it about that thing that you like? Oh, you liked to play Foursquare. Like, what did you enjoy about playing Foursquare? What was it about that game? I'm genuinely like, do you, can you think of like a couple reasons that of why you liked it? Let me think. Um, this is funny because it shows, so I'm really not much of a sports person. Uh, and outside of like that, I played a little bit of sports, but for the most part, I really wasn't. Um, and, and what I remember most about Foursquare was that all of the moves had different names. So like, I can't remember what the names were, but like each move would have like a new creative name. And so you could learn like this arsenal of moves. So I almost think uh, like the competition didn't do it for me. Didn't love the competition part. Didn't even necessarily love the physicality or the sports part of it, but all the fun names of all the different moves, that's what got me jazzed to saying, oh, I learned the, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of what a name would be right now, but being able to say I learned a cool new move was what I loved about it, which is kind of dorky, I feel like, but eh. it's not dorky at all. That's your joy. So what then you, I would send you down a pathway of reflecting on what are other things in your life like that, that also bring you joy. Like what are other naming opportunities or little creative opportunities or feeling like you're getting to do this cool thing that has this cool name? Like where are other moments like that? in your life, because that probably, I, I, I don't know you well enough to know all the little nuances of things that you love and are gifted and talented at, but you have a really cool name for your podcast. So you're obviously real good at naming things like, (laughs) and, and putting, so there's something there for you. Like there's a gift in the things that you enjoy. And so it's following that path to like, what are those things that we enjoy? And we've been real, like brought up in this world where we focus so much on the things we don't like. like. I even heard you saying some of that. Yeah, well, I didn't like the competition. I didn't like that. Right. But what I did like was this. And so we tend to spend 80%, maybe even more of our time talking about what we don't like and only 10 or 20 on what we do. So as a coach, what I help people do is shift that ratio mm-hmm. to be more on the here's the things that light me up. And when we can focus our attention there, it opens up so many possibilities. That's so interesting. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I need to talk to you more about this because something that I have literally never made a connection about until right this very moment is that I also had this hilarious dream career as a kid uh, or a teenager, I suppose. Um, Whenever I started getting into like beauty and fashion and makeup and all that, uh, I remember, you know how OPI nail polishes have all these like really goofy names. And I thought to myself, there is somebody out there, probably multiple somebodies who get paid to come up with these hilariously catchy names for nail polishes. And I thought, what an amazing job that would be. (laughs) So apparently me and enjoying funny names of things has been more of a thread. There's probably something to that that we could explore further. So I don't know, but that's crazy. I've never made that connection. 
Yes, I love it. And actually, so I was a copywriter. And when I realized that that's what a copywriter did, like I had the biggest connection in my mind, too, because I was a hairstylist for many years. And so right. OPI was like, I want to be that person, too. So and then we both ended up in communications like that was we're unintentionally following our joy all the time mm-hmm. when we can start like building those threads, like what I talk about untethering but then we get to put our own threads intentionally because the threads are happening all the time. Just so often we're caught up in all of this stuff that's not serving us. But when you can really intentionally do it yourself and like look at the ones that aren't serving you and just like push those away, break through those mm-hmm. and then focus on the ones that are. He just I mean, if you had known that, imagine what that could be, what could be different for you. Although right. you've already built this amazing life, but you know what I mean? Like right. we could just be doing it so much more. And then our contributions to this world that need our creative magic, it needs the skill that you have. You could be contributing it in such fun ways for yourself, which makes more impact in the world. Yeah, I love that. So as we close up a little bit today, I'm curious to know, and maybe you have an answer to this, or perhaps it's something that kind of grows organically as time goes on. But do you have a feeling of what's next yet for you? Do you have a feeling of where you would like your business to expand to? Or are you kind of just riding the wave that you're at right now? Do you have a a grasp on that yet? In many ways, I'm riding the wave because I've just lived this life long enough to know that I'm probably never sticking with one thing forever. (laughs) Who knows? I I might, but I see myself speaking on stages. I see myself continuing to coach in whatever form makes sense. I just see myself helping people continue to do this, to start their podcast, to do these things and have conversations with people that help them to see what their gifts are and how much delight it's going to bring them by doing it. So whatever it is that I do next, it's that it's that same thing. So I feel like when I was a hairstylist, it was about helping people feel just like good on the outside. And now it's about helping people feel just like so good and yummy on the inside that they can bring it outward. So um, I'm just I look forward to whatever is next. It's all been connected. <laughs> That's yeah. so fun. You know, and actually I was about to let you go, but because you mentioned the speaking, I can't let you go without asking about this. Um, you have been really leaning into more public speaking types of things. Uh, and obviously a podcast is, you know, public speaking, but at the same time you're talking into a microphone and then people hear it. So it's very different, you know, than a stage. Uh, but I know that you, you know, went and participated in, was it called speaker slam? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And so first, I would love for you to tell us about that and maybe um, walk me through a little bit how how the public speaking part, the kind of motivational speaking became a part of what you do and, and what that fulfills in your life and your heart and your alignment. Yeah. So back when I did that Facebook group that I mentioned early in the podcast that morning, my husband hates the story because he thinks it shines a negative light on him. But I think it's just (laughs) the truth. He said, how are you going to do this? Because I'm an introvert, had never done a Facebook live or an Instagram live or done any kind of speaking ever that morning when I pushed live on that. Wow. On my computer. But I did it, even though I was terrified. And so that has led doing that thing that I knew I had something to offer for people. That's the thing that keeps me doing it. It's like, okay, there's there is a message that people need to hear. And so it is just following that alignment. And for 
it's just leading me into speaking, you know, it's like, I was just telling you, I officiated a wedding this last weekend. There, nobody would have ever thought of me to officiate their wedding, but because I pushed live on Facebook that day, that happened. And the same goes for that speaker slam opportunity. Somebody thought of me and said, Hey, is this something that you might want to do? And if I had not started pushed the button on that live, started a podcast, moved down this rabbit hole. None of these opportunities, you and I wouldn't be talking to each other right now. We wouldn't know each other. None of that would have happened. Um, But Speaker Slam was so cool. It's a, it's a competition. And so I ended up going through various waves of the competition and getting to go to Toronto, Canada and speaking on stage at this really cool old theater and delivering a speech live, which I had never done with the whole, like not holding a mic, but it's like on your ear thing. It felt very cool and fun and um, makes me want to do more of it. It was really fun. (laughs) And this is funny that this is what I remember from seeing clips of that. You had the cutest overalls. That is my vivid memory. Gosh, they were so adorable. Oh my gosh. I loved it. Thank you. I (laughs) I wore those to an event a few weeks before and somebody was like that you wear those on stage. Yes. You do not wear anything else. You got to wear those on stage. So I did it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So much fun. I, I have loved not just getting to talk to you on this podcast, but also it's so interesting because obviously I just met you, you know, kind of through that podcasting Facebook group and all of that. But at the same time, we have this Elliott School overlap, but we weren't there at the same time. But all of my colleagues had talked about you for the longest time. And when we were talking about you being one of our uh, ones to watch awardees for that, you know, for that year for communication week, everyone was like, oh yeah, journalist this, journalist that. And I remember being so excited to meet you via Zoom when we brought you in to, to speak and then being so darn bummed that I had lost my voice and I literally could <laughs> basically sign to you via the Zoom camera and I couldn't actually like really get to meet you. And then however it was, a, a couple of months later, I remember seeing your your name pop up in that that podcasting uh, social media group and going, oh my gosh, this is Jen Liss. So it's interesting to me to hear you talk about your Wichita life, uh, because I didn't know you at all then. And yet that's when we were in the same place. And now I feel like I've gotten to meet this new gen that has stepped into all of these new things and, and, you know, has sort of rebuilt yourself. So it's interesting to get to hear all about all of that. And sometimes I think about just serendipitous moments and I'm just so thankful that your name popped up in that social media group because that the way I ended up in that group was, you know, I'd obviously been Googling how to start a podcast, how to do, you know, whatever. And the targeted ads, targeted ad, and they do it well. And so I got a thing that said, Hey, join this free three day boot camp and hop in here and see how to make a podcast. Uh, and if not for that one small click of this free thing, I wouldn't have got to connect with you. And there are a lot of podcasts I listen to, but I tend to kind of listen to an episode here and an episode there. Yours is one that I listen almost every, like I will, I will not lie and say I've never missed an episode, but regularly I come back to, and when I'm feeling uninspired or, or just down or whatever, yours always, always brings me back. And so I would encourage anybody listening to this, this interview to for sure subscribe to yours as well, because I have found so much inspiration and joy from it. I can't even, I can't even say it. I love it so much. 
And thank you. Oh, you're you. so sweet. <laughs> hey, I have this. to say, you didn't have your voice that day. It's so, like you said, though, it's so interesting how the universe brings two people together. But I liked you. I was just like, there is something <laughs> about her. I just, I really like her. She's so nice. And you were just so positive. And even though you were struggling with this thing, like I, that's the last thing that I even remember, to oh be honest gosh. with you, because you just had this like lovely light about you. And um, so, yeah. Thank you for saying the universe just it brought us together for all the reasons, I'm sure. I totally (laughs) assumed I was just this like weird goblin creature you saw on the other side of Zoom because I just sounded so nuts that day. Like I have not lost my voice like that since that time. And oh, it was so crazy. But I appreciate you saying that fate. Fate is an interesting thing. But thank you for spending so much time with me. I appreciate it. It is Memorial Day. (laughs) So thanks for being willing to jump on. Um, And I hope now you know, that I waited 20 some odd episodes to, to have you on. Hopefully I do this interview justice the way that I wanted to. Um, but I appreciate you so much and I've loved following what you're doing. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a delight. Thank you so much, Jen. What a powerful and inspiring interview. I know I just really enjoyed it. To me, Jen is just refreshing. She's, she's effervescent, right? So Anytime that I talk to her, anytime I listen to her podcast, uh, any, you know, an episode of her podcast, I feel renewed. I feel energized. I feel inspired. And I hope that you all felt that as well from her. I'm sure you did. I have included links in the show notes, uh, or you can just pop on over to genlist.com and that has links to everything else. Uh, and that'll get you all the information that you need if you do want to get in contact with Jen, if you want to start listening to her podcast, which again is called Untethered, if you want to work with her uh, in her coaching program, all of those options are available. And I guarantee that you will, your life will be enhanced by working with Jen in whatever capacity fits. So thank you all for listening today. Thanks again to Jen Liss, and I'll see you next time on Create Space.